Hey, hey, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Sporting the Way, brought to you by the Promote Yourself podcast and Paving the Way. Um, I'm your host, Trey Walker, and typically joined by these two gentlemen on the Sporting the Way episodes in particular, Brandon Swanson and Isaiah Joyce. Welcome, gentlemen. It's good to see you guys, as always. What's going on? So there's been been a lot of, like, NFL news swirling around right now. Um, Obviously, uh, we didn't get a chance to do reactions to this past week's games, but they were wild. Everybody saw them. I mean, uh, I won't spend too much time, but Texans being one of the particular standouts there. Um, Green Bay. Congratulations, A, being just, I mean, making America's day, I'd say, personally. But uh, all that all that in mind, today we kind of want to shift the conversation to kind of what the future is actually going to look like and not the future of games necessarily, but like the future of coaching in the league. So there's been a lot of uh, turnover in the league, a lot of guys losing jobs, a lot of guys looking for jobs. Um and I think, I mean, one of the most notable and has to come to your mind first is Bill Belichick um, with the Patriots. Was it 20 or 22 years? 22 years, I think. I think um, it was 22. Two, 22 years. Um, and now yeah. them deciding to, to part ways after a couple less than successful non-Brady-less or Brady-less years. Um, and so now Belichick's on the look for a job. And with all the vacancies out there, what do you guys see being a, the best fit for Belichick? So I guess before we really get too much into the topic of <clears throat> where we think he'll go, um, just kind of touching on the Bill Belichick era in general. Um, I mean, he's been the coach for – he's been a head coach for multiple years defensive coordinator for multiple years. But with his years with the Patriots, he was, I guess, I mean, everybody compares him and Nick Saban with college football. The greatest NFL coach, the greatest uh, college football coach. Also out. Belichick was, especially in the earlier Brady years, Belichick was the leader of that defense, which, I mean, no matter how you splice it, of course, everybody knows Brady's greatness. But Belichick in that 2001 to 2004 era, he was the main catalyst for that defense. He controlled the defense. He called everything on it. He's going to be the greatest mind as of right now that's ever coached NFL football, in my opinion. Um. But just kind of giving him his flowers over the past 22 years. I mean, the dude won six Super Bowls. He orchestrated so many teams. And if you, even if you take the Super Bowls out of it, look at all the AFC championship games they went to. I mean, I think – I can't remember the statistic, but I think Brady was in – 75 to 80 percent of the AFC championship games like I said rough stat but from the time that Brady started until the time that Brady stopped playing with the Patriots that team was pretty much they had it circled on their calendar AFC championship game minimum and they went to the Super Bowl half of those years so 
Belichick is going to go down as one of the greatest coaches. And in my personal opinion, I just kind of wish he would kind of hang it up, call it a day. But I also understand him chasing the all-time wins record. I think he needs 16 more wins to break the record, maybe 17. Don't quote me on that one. So I understand the drive, but it's like, dude, you've already kind of surpassed everybody. You've given everything to the game. Um, But if you're asking the direct question of like, hey, what do you think Belichick's going to do? Because he's obviously going to coach again. He wants that record. He's going to do it. Um, I think that ultimately he's going to end up in Atlanta because I think it's the best situation out of what's available to him. And I kind of have more to build off of that, but I want to get you guys' thoughts, maybe not necessarily on what you think he's going to do, but just like, hey, like, what did Bill Belichick... I mean, we all grew up doing during the era. We all knew the Patriots were going to be there every single year. It probably pissed most people off most years, but I was honestly... I love Belichick. I love Brady. I was happy. But from you guys' standpoint, like, I guess, feed me what you guys thought of Bill Belichick because a lot of people have a lot of opinions on him. I think one of the most interesting things that he did, at least that it got brought to light, I don't know if they were doing it before the 2000s, but was his attention to detail with, like, the rule book and how often we would see him in games take advantage of that. And now it's become a more obvious thing, right? Like, you've seen other teams find ways to kind of exploit the rule book. And I don't, like I said, I don't know if that was something that they did before and we just didn't realize, you know, kind of like the no look pass where everyone made a big deal out of Patrick Mahomes. And then you had Aaron Rodgers on the championship run. There's, you know, Stafford's been doing that for the last decade in Detroit. It's just now we have a bajillion different camera angles. So it's, it's more obvious. But. Yeah, that was my big thing with Bill Belichick is his attention to detail with the rules, you know, and and his ability to bring in guys who really weren't that big of a deal, you know, and put them in a position to be successful. And he was very like, this is, I will find a way to make you successful in this league. So very interesting and a very different sort of tactic. Or again, maybe it's just, it was so, he was so obvious and apparent about it, but that was, that's probably my big takeaway for what do you think, Trey? So, I mean, I'm not like, I haven't been like the, I want to say like the closest Patriots observer over, you know, my lifespan, even though to to BJ's point, it's hard to miss them because they're there every year. You know, they're relevant every year or, you know, have been so for the better part of 20 years. Uh, And I think when we talk Belichick, like, it's so he and Brady are so intertwined now that it's like it's almost feels like you can't hear a conversation without talking about them both. And obviously they were both um instrumental to each other's success, but especially since Brady went to the Bucks and won a ring, it's like, all right, well, Brady was carrying the whole time. And not not saying that this is like the whole sentiment or the general sentiment, but just like that it feels like the conversation almost dilutes a bit of Belichick's greatness um, in favor of Brady's. 
you know, being the quarterback, being the executor. But I think Zay made a good point as far as like the rule book and another one of those things just being a master of time of possession and field. Uh, what am I using the field? I don't know. Like, I don't know what the word is and why it's field, a field position. Yes. Field position. That's so crazy. Um, but yeah, just in using that to his advantage, you know, time clock management, all these things like that are really minute details, but all play into and factor into success. And then the, that other key part that Zay said is honestly, like I couldn't name you and part of it's cause I'm not a Patriots fan, but like, I don't think, Patriots and think superstars. I don't think, you know, teams that are just stacked with just an overabundance of talent. Like, you know, like I think of, you know, your Randy Moss, your obviously your Tom Brady, your Gronks and such, but like I just think of a bunch of guys doing their job. Like that is, you know, the Patriot way is called that for a reason. Um and and I think he's really kind of like cemented that as a culture almost like a little brother to mamba mentality kind of you know of a feel is that's you know a culture that's seen and respected because it is proven effective um so i mean i kind of tend to agree with you bj and just like hey man enjoy your retirement you've earned it like Mm -hmm. just just relax go live life show up on more ring cameras without a shirt um you know enjoy Mm -hmm. yourself but at the same time, if it was personal, and I'm thinking 16, 17 wins away, all right, well, you're looking at two seasons. Because I don't think he's a, I don't, I don't think he's a team he's going to go to and they run a perfect season. But um, two, what's two more seasons, right, to get 16, 17 more wins? Even if, it, like, you know, even if you're already in people's eyes the greatest coach, having that number, having that record, which is one of those type of records that seems like, is anybody going to beat it, right? Because you would need another coach-quarterback duo that can dominate the league for 20 years. Like, that would be one of, the, like, the the minimum requirements. So I think he should retire just as, like, again, enjoy yourself. But I don't blame him for shooting for the stars and, and landing himself really amongst, like, immortality um, with that record. So... Yeah, no, like, absolutely. And that's, <clears throat> I mean, I guess that's kind of part of the reason that, I mean, I, I guess we can, like, quickly, there's not much to talk about with Philly and Dallas because they haven't changed their coaches. But I think that has a huge impact on what he does when he chooses what team he's going to. Because mm. I guess kind of if you take those two teams out, you take – two of the top playoff contender teams that he's not going to be going to. So then outside of that, like, hey, like, what do you actually really have? Mike Tomlin's going to say, so you don't have Pittsburgh. Not that they were a playoff team anyway. Sorry, Caleb. But you kind of start looking at, like, oh, hey, where is he actually going to fit into? And all these reports coming out about him going to Atlanta, it it makes sense because even if you looked at him this year, what were they a seven, eight win team? I can't, I, I can't remember. It was one of the two, but yeah. when you look at it, it's like, Hey, if I can take control of this team, I can minimum bear get us to where we were last year, if not better, which he probably would. So that's why Atlanta kind of like makes sense in my head, 
because I mean, hey, you're shooting for maybe two more seasons. You're already old enough as it is. Let me get my eight to nine wins for the next two years. Let me break this record and then let me retire. I don't think he's going for Super Bowls anymore. I think he's going for the record, which I respect. Like, I'm not mm-hmm. going to even down that. I mean, you're the all-time NFL coach wins leader. Absolutely. Take that all day, every day. Um, but I guess I'll end Belichick kind of on, like, a note that Zay was talking about, about his, like, his knowledge of the rules and this, that, and the third, like, when it comes to, like, the intricacies of football. And I'll bring it up because it kind of it brings my boys in, like, a great light. But – Brady's last game in New England when Tennessee played them in the playoffs, Mike Vrabel totally outruled Bill Belichick. But I think he ran off over over two and a half minutes of the clock at the very end of the game by using rules that only Belichick would know how to use. And it's like, hey, guess what? Who do you learn that from? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, hey, student becomes a teacher at some point in time. So, go Vrabel. Um, so with that, I guess the other big guy is Mr. Jim Harbaugh out of Michigan. Mm, So he's a very, he's a very interesting case because I feel like there's only a few selected teams that he would go to. And I don't think it's a complete slam dunk that he's going to go to the NFL. So Oh well, go ahead. Shoot. Go ahead. I watched no, no, you shoot, say shoot, before before you tell us who you think like those select teams are. Tell us why. Like, what is the basis for his decision? Right. Like, what is he? If if he were to promote and move up back to NFL, what would be like? What do you see as like the defining factors? But also, go ahead and finish and let us know if you think he's even gonna go in the first place. Like, if he's still gonna stay. Because he has all the reason to stay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no. And, like, it all, like, kind of ties in together. Like, I think I think Harbaugh wants the Belichick treatment that he got in New England. I think Harbaugh wants to run the entire thing. And I think that's going to have a lot to do with whether he does leave Michigan or not. A lot of people are just assuming he's going to leave Michigan because he has multiple interviews set up, all all that. But at the end of the day, part of the reason, or I'm not part, but the main reason that Harbaugh left the 49ers was because him and the GM couldn't get along because they couldn't get along on what they wanted to do together. So that was the basis for him leaving the NFL. And I think if he's going to come back, he's going to come back with that nice little natty ring and be like, hey, let me run this show. But if they don't let him run the show, it wouldn't shock me if he just goes back to Michigan. I mean, I think he made $12.5 million this year. Like, there's really no downfall in him going back to Michigan. He's going to be treated like a god for God knows how long there. So that's why I think, like, really the only team, I think I think it's, like, confirmed he had an interview with the Chargers. He had an interview with the Falcons. I just think the Chargers makes the most sense because their top-down leadership hasn't been great pretty much for their entire franchise career. So I think the owner would be more willing to be like, hey, Mm -hmm. here's the keys, man. Do what you got to do. So 
I think ultimately that's what happens is he gets the Chargers job. And I, I think uh, Trey pointed this out earlier on a group text, like, hey, congratulations, Mr. Herbert. Like, you need a good coach. So I, I think that's what's going to end up happening. But at the end of the day, if that doesn't happen, that could also completely switch the entire Belichick tree of what I think is going to happen. Because if he doesn't go to the Chargers, why wouldn't Belichick jump on that Chargers opportunity? I mean, uh, with that team you have, you're you guaranteed. Get 12 wins. You get yeah, you get 10 like, wins. You get 10, 12 wins right there in the first season. And then the next yeah, season's a breeze. Exactly. Like, and I mean, granted, you're in – now, I will say, actually, I was going to say you're in a tough division, but the Broncos, 50-50, they can go either way. The Raiders, um, is it Aiden Pierce? Is that the, the head coach now? Well, interim – probably going to be yeah they're here. still trying to figure it out it's yeah it's a whole um, like if, situation but he looks like he can make them at least semi-competitive the chiefs are as vulnerable as i've ever looked so like again and i expected it to be this year so it was a bit of a disappointment i mean except to late late in the season i guess but like the afc west we're looking at a real battle out there and you put bill belichick in that mix you put uh a justin herbert who can get properly coached and that makes it actually get some stability. Um, I mean, and then I mean, I think you're always sending up a prayer to ask for Keenan Allen and Mike uh, Williams to be healthy at the same time and for a sustained, you know, for a season. But like, if you could get all these pieces to fit, absolutely. Why? Why wouldn't you go to Los Angeles? Like, because I mean, there are teams that he could bring along. Like, I mean, you mentioned Atlanta. I think Seattle. Low key would be one. I know they're not a particularly uh, appealing destination, but I mean you've got pieces in Seattle. You got you got weapons. I mean I know the quarterback situation with an aging Geno Smith, but you got a DK Metcalf, a Jackson Smith and Jake, but Kenneth Walker, and the defense has ways to go. But that's Belichick. Like you know that that he can shore that up really quickly. And we talked about with guys that aren't necessarily superstars that aren't household names. So personally, I think Seattle would be a fun one. But yeah, if, if we're talking Harbaugh not coming to the league or for whatever reason, choosing not to go to LA, um, yeah, LA's got to be the choice if you're Bill Belichick, if you're going for the record, because why not? On, on top of the fact that you get to play Andy Reid, you get to coach Andy Reid against Andy Reid twice a year and the best quarterback in football currently, there's, I think that would do something to kind of build back up your legacy after all this besmirching has been happening these last two or three years, you know? So, um, but Zay, I, I know we're talking about uh, what teams we think. Do you agree with those same teams? Is there somebody else in the table that you think, or what are your thoughts on it? Um, I think for Jim Harbaugh, it's just like, this is probably the best year to leave Michigan. You know, they were a senior heavy team or at least an older team as far as college football goes, and now you get a chance to go coach, like you guys said, the L.A. Chargers, who are in a perfect spot. They've got a young quarterback. He's tied up to the future. Um, you've got some vets who are going to be on the way out. Like um, Keenan Allen has probably got one good year left in him, two good years. Mike Williams is just getting into his prime. So it kind of gives you that opportunity to bring in a young guy and say, we're going to you know, get you ready so that when Keenan Allen does go, we have a, have a guy to fill that spot. So 
Um, I think the LA situation is a very enticing job, and especially for Jim Harbaugh, I, I do think that it's the it's like the perfect storm. You won the national championship, and now you have a chance to go be a coach for a pretty good football team that needs a good coach. So I do think it's the perfect setup. I can't really see him leaving to go anywhere else. Like the Atlanta job is enticing because they have so much young um, offensive talent. I think on defense they've made improvements, but without a quarterback, it is kind of a big question mark. And because of the way they played this year, they were a seven win team. They're not going to have, you know, like you're not going to draft JJ McCarthy from Michigan. I know that they won the national championship, but he by no means was like, he doesn't even look like a first round quarterback. in my he, he, He's not, he wasn't enough of a difference maker for you to jump up in the first round to take him or over, yeah. and, you know, put Desmond Ritter off to the side. Just yet, yeah. yeah. So, did, hold on, did, real quick, not to cut anybody off, but did you guys hear he? So he's uh, he's going in the Canadian Football League draft. I was really? gonna say, as, just Literally, as you started saying, yeah, that, I think I it was, like, was no, I think it was go. announced today, maybe late last night, <clears> but <throat> he announced that he's he's foregoing his senior year to go into the CFL, and I was like, what? Well, but, and I mean, you know, genuinely, I I like that. It's an option for the guys. Well, and actually, Absolutely. I think I'm. I think I mean yes, the CFL. I think when you first said it, I was thinking because the XFL and the is it USFL are yeah. merging. They're merging. Like I like that. That's yeah. an option for guys too. Like you know, because yeah. not everybody is NFL pro either ready or just at that level. But it still gives you a higher level to continue playing the game and show that you still got talent to do something to be a winner yeah. right um but yeah and, and to zay's point again yeah you got a young you got a young quarterback who absolutely could be a superstar and you know bj kind of uh hinted at it earlier is like when you're hardball you have leverage you you just came off of a championship um which i you know doesn't hurt on top of the fact that if i'm management in Los Angeles, I'm thinking, okay, we're wasting Justin Herbert's prime. Like we're wasting these great years right now. We need to turn something around now. And if that means giving the keys to a former NFL coach, a just now champion collegiate coach, like then so be it. Like if there's somebody you can trust, it's Jim Harbaugh in that situation. And then, I mean, I know the defense is getting a little older between like Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa, but like I mean, Joey Bosa still got some plenty in the tank. You still got Derwin James. Oh. I want to say you got William Jackson. Like you still like whether honestly whether that's Harbaugh or Belichick, like I think that team is going to tighten up. Like and they're gonna they're gonna cut some. Yeah. some uh, fat I think off they the have Asante Samuel Junior too, right? Yep. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. Yeah. I used to that's love Asante Samuel they, from they, Philly. They came oh, into this man. year and everybody was like, "This is the year." This is the year they're going to overtake KC. And everybody should thought be. it was going to happen. Yeah, they should were have horrible. Been. It should yeah, have like been. They literally were, I, were, were they the worst team in the division, right? Pretty sure. Damn, did they fall below? They, you know what? They did fall below. below. Raiders. Issues. <laughs> Issues. <laughs> yeah. And, um, I mean, like, just, I mean, we can kind of move on in a second, but just kind of real quick. Because like the, I kind of thought about the JJ McCarthy situation when it came to it, and it's like okay, if you think about it from like his personal standpoint, all right, I'm not good enough to go high in the NFL or do anything in the NFL right now. 
I think Harbaugh is leaving. So I think our team's going to be shit next year. So why not go to the NFL or CFL? Because my original thought, I was like, dude, the NIL money you could make staying in Michigan, blah, blah, blah. But then I was thinking about it more. And I was like, ah, a lot of that NIL money might dry up if Harbaugh leaves. And because they have, uh, Michigan has like a mass exodus. Everybody's like declaring for the draft or they're leaving, you know, and these days it's now transfer portal season and it's absolutely insane. So it's like, Hey, they might not invest as much if they don't think you're going to be able to kind of produce. So it's like, I guess take the shot at the CFL. I mean, CFL quarterbacks have made into the NFL before. I mean, Kurt Warner is one of the greatest examples of that. Not saying he is Kurt Warner, but you guys kind of get where I'm going with that. So I kind of thought about that one over earlier and it's like, I get what he's doing, but also at the same time, you only got a couple of years of college. You're the uh, all-star quarterback who just won a national championship. Might want to swing it back for another year. <laughs> CFL but, uh, will be there, you know, like the CFL yeah, will be there. there next that, year. I, that, that's the thing. It's like, I think only one star has been like, Hey, I'm coming back. And it's, I can't remember his name, but it's one of the running backs. CJ Quorum declared for the draft, but um, I can't remember the other guy's name. Uh, I think his name, maybe Donovan Edwards, but I think he's coming back. But outside of that, it's like, that was like Zay said, that was a senior heavy team. Everybody's leaving. So it's like, Hey, why would I stick around here to potentially expose myself for actually not being as good as I think I am or everybody thinks I am to play for a crappier team. And then everybody like, Oh, this guy really can't play. Go get drafted in the CFL. He's going to get drafted probably in the first round. I don't, I'm not going to act like I know what they make, but it's probably better than the NIL money he would make. So, I mean, hey, I guess support to J.J. McCarthy, but it's going to definitely be a different day in Michigan. Um, But my next one that I kind of want to get into, and I'm going to kind of do two at once, because from my opinion at least, I think they're kind of tied. But I know Tomlin's coming back for another year. Um. Typically, Pittsburgh signs their coaches two years out in advance. They haven't signed him. So, in my head, I just keep on thinking this is another kind of like Bill Cower situation where they just kind of part ways. He doesn't really ever coach again. He doesn't really strike me as a TV personality, obviously, but I guess neither really did Bill Cower. But at the end of the day, I'll just kind of give you my like, take for it i think tomlin will be there for another year and then i think pittsburgh will move on and i think because of the coaching landscape that's playing out this year i don't think Vrabel's going to be particularly interested in coaching any of those leftover teams because when you look at it look at everybody we've talked about so what's left um the panthers somebody help me out is panthers Well, no, okay, so the Panthers, Seattle, so those are two viable options, but who knows what's going on behind the scenes of like, hey, why don't you take a year off, and then uh, maybe when this whole Mike Tomlin thing is over, you come back home to where you started in Pittsburgh before you went to the Patriots, because the Patriots already made their decision on Gerard Mayo. Yeah. So, Washington. why not, if you're Vrabel, sit out that year, and then come take that because, like, Vrabel is a Pittsburgh coach. That's what he is. 
So why would you not kind of sit out that year? So that's kind of where I think that's going to go. But I am eager to hear where you guys think that's going to go. Yeah, I, I'm interested to see the Mike Rabel situation play out because, I mean, he kind of it kind of took me by shock that he went to Tennessee because Tennessee wasn't all that enticing of a job. But now you kind of look at it, it's kind of a similar situation where it's like maybe Atlanta would be interested in a Mike Rabel. Mike Rabel, maybe he would be interested in uh, Seattle. The only one that really like draw seriously draws no attention to me is the Carolina job. I just can't imagine wanting to go there after the season that they had. And Frank Reich was there, and he's regarded as a good coach. So, you know, you put him in a situation to try and turn that team around, and it just didn't work. And, I mean, you know, every coach is different, but out of outside of that, you have Washington. And Washington's not a bad spot, but they've kind of traded away a lot of talent. You know, you give up Chase Young, you gave up Montez Sweat. So you've got De'Aaron Payne and Jonathan Allen on the inside, but now you've got no outside pass rush unless they've got, you know, an outside pass rush that they've been hiding this whole time. But I don't think that that's the case because they got Montez Sweat first and they still went and got Chase Young and now they traded both of them away. So, um, yeah, I, the the Vrabel situation is probably the one that I'm least sure about. I do think Belichick's going to Atlanta. I do think Jim Harbaugh is going to L.A. Um, yeah, Mike Vrabel, I wouldn't be surprised to see him sit out, like you said. I mean, the Pittsburgh job. I can't see Mike Tomlin leaving if they have another successful year or if for some reason they find a quarterback that's better than what they have thus far. But considering Mason Rudolph is the one that finished the year for them, maybe next year is finally the year that we do see them miss the playoffs. And that's enough to get Mike Tomlin out the seat and maybe get him a fresh new job somewhere else. So, hey, yeah, so Real quick before Trey goes. I think the commander's job is going to be eliminated by Ben Johnson. Probably. The line, the line of the Yeah. The, yeah, that, that, that's what I think. With that number two pick, I think they're going to draft a quarterback. They're going to want to get an offensive coordinator guru in there. So I think that'll take the commanders out, which is kind of like where I was left at. Like, I mean, the Panthers, like, who wants that job? But I wasn't also thinking about Seattle at all. But yeah. we'll kind of see what happens with that. But, Trey, go ahead, man. So, I like what you said about Vrabel being a Pittsburgh coach. I do think that would be a fit for him. And I know we're talking like a year in advance right now. Um, All right, but I do. I do think that would be a good fit for him. We'll uh, we'll kind of with the we got you. You know, contingency of having a different quarterback because it's not Mason Rudolph, it's not Kenny Pickett. Um, All right, so let's just go ahead. We'll kind of kick it off into. Oh, you got us. There we go. There oh, wow. Is. Yeah. Jeez. Okay. Because I was, yeah, I was going and uh, you guys, are you guys oh, frozen now? Still, yeah. Uh, no, we literally lost you for like 30 seconds. Jeez. Okay. Because, yeah, I was, okay. Um, <laughs> but you can hear me now. All right. All right. So I guess I'll, I'll start over. Um, no. So I like what you said about Rabel being a Pittsburgh kind of coach. I, I think that would be a good fit for him. And I know, you know, we're thinking a year out, but I also think. Unless they go to like the divisional or higher, unless they go to AFC Championship, I think it is about that time to part ways with Tomlin because it's, and I've said it, I think, in a couple episodes recently, just like right now, it just feels like we're stagnating. And I understand 
given like, you know, what you've been dealing with from a player standpoint, you know, losing Bell, losing AB, Ben retiring a few years later, um, your other quarterbacks between Trubisky, Rudolph, Pickett not working out. Like I get that. And you've still done the most with almost the least. And actually Harris falling off, you know, whatever. But I, it's like, I, I feel like, and, and Pittsburgh has been real loyal to its coaches. Um, but I feel like this is kind of that, all right, time for a new era. Time to, we need to switch gears. We need to switch it, like, you know, mix things up um, and get fresh blood, get culture in here, which I think Vrabel will be great for, um, which is crazy why he got fired in the first place. I know you were thinking that, um, BJ. But for sure I was. Uh, as far as, so like, it does make sense to me that he would, he would sit out a year. It's hard to look at any of those other situations, you know, Seattle, um, I mean, be in Washington being the like particular ones. Cause all the other ones seem like they could be unofficially taken and accepted, but I think that would be in his best interest. Seattle could be a cool move or a good move rather for him. Um, I think that's a division that he would, Vrabel seems like he would have fun in. Honestly, coaching against Kyle Shanahan um, in particular, Sean McVay, I think that would be uh, a division that Vrabel actually would find some success in. So it could be cool. Um, Again, though, you're looking at what are you doing with the quarterback position? Um, But I will say, as far as guys that aren't like, you know, spectacular or whatever, Geno Smith is a serviceable quarterback. Um, I mean, I would say on par, if not better than right now, than what Tannehill has been. So, um, and you've got, you know, just as potent of a weapon in DK Metcalf and Jackson Smith and Jay were coming up. I mentioned them, Kenneth Walker, et cetera. So, um, yeah, it, it'll be interesting. And like Zay said, I'm, I'm not really sure what he would do. Um, but that will be one I'll, I'll keep more eyes on. I think in part because of how much interest BJ has in it, like his his like passion for it, and so it draws me into it. And, and Vrabel, I do like Vrabel as a coach. I will say, yeah. And I mean, so we'll kind of quick segue into some predictions, but I guess just my quick little fifteen twenty second tangent on the whole Mike Vrabel firing. It is an absolute travesty that we fired Mike Vrabel. In my opinion, he's one of the smartest coaches in the NFL, and we fired him based off of an owner who inherited a team getting emotionally upset because he complimented the Patriots at his Ring of Honor ceremony. And, like, what do you expect the guy to do? The guy won three Super Bowls with New England. He's won jack shit with you guys. He tried to get you there. But all I'm saying is you do not fire a top-tier coach when you are a bottom-tier team. What sense does that make? Like, I'm just – I'm absolutely befuddled. The decisions we've made over the past three years between trading A.J. Brown, giving Tannehill a contract that's making him almost $30 million a year, and then now firing Mike Vrabel – and then last year, firing your GM in the middle of the year after you lost to the Eagles, who you traded A.J. Brown to, like, 
it's just an emotional owner who's just making stupid decisions that make absolutely no sense to me. So she should have given the keys of Rabel last year when he asked for it. She didn't. Now I'm going to have to pay the repercussions for that probably for the next 10 ass years, but whatever, man, I guess I'm a Titans fan. It's what I'm used to. So we'll kind of move on from there and actually go into the teams who are worth talking about. Um, The first game we got is the Ravens and Texans. So I'm going to do the bold kind of call. For some reason, I don't trust the Ravens in the playoffs. I feel like this is the year that you actually probably should. But watching C.J. Stroud, I know it's a good defense, but it's also a defense that can be kind of diced up at times. Um, The secondary is the weakest part of their defense. It's really their front seven that kind of controls everything. And C.J. Stroud is a mid-to-long field passer. So I think that he's going to be able to get some points on him. I think the Texans' defense is going to be atrocious. I think it's going to be an offensive shootout. Um, I'm going to do kind of the bold call of picking the Texans to upset the Ravens in this game which, to be completely honest with me, I live in Baltimore, so I would be so happy if that happened because I hate the Ravens. So maybe a bit of an emotional decision on my part, but it'd be really great to show up to work on Monday with all of my building just depressed. And I'm just like, ha, 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 welcome, guys. So kick us off. So are we? you want to you stick with... No, no, yeah, keep going, man. Like, keep, like, keep going with this game. Like, give me you guys yeah, picks. Um, Man, I so my my coworker actually he's a Texans fan. Uh, he just asked me a couple hours ago what I thought, and I said Ravens. I did say Ravens, and then I got here and I just couldn't pull away from the heart pick of Texans. Um, and it's crazy because like all the the logical like the reasoning side of me tells me. Yeah, he's been great, but he's not ready yet. Um, I mean, D'Amico Ryans is no stranger to the league and everything, but, like, rookie head coach, rookie quarterback, but obviously they made it here, so it's like, does it really matter? Because Duke Kid's playing phenomenal. The team is surrounding him well. Um, they have they almost feel like they haven't missed a beat without Tank Dell, um, as great as he's been this season before he got injured. So, and, and, and maybe this is just on me, but – even throughout the year, even as great as the Ravens been have been, they felt like they were just still below the radar for me. Like there weren't a whole lot of moments that were just like, man, Baltimore is that team this year. Baltimore is scary this year. So I I do think I'm gonna pick I'm well, I'm gonna pick the Texans in a close one. Um I think it'll be something like twenty eight twenty four, which I think is being a bit generous to the Texans defense because they can, especially against a dynamic guy like Lamar Jackson and, and Odell Beckham being on the other side over there. Um, and Mark Andrews is back, isn't he? Um, isn't so he? it's debatable. Right now. They're, they're, oh, they're okay. trying to figure Maybe. out if he's oh, going to okay. play or not. So they, they're, they're not too sure yet. Well, Mark Andrews or not, I'm giving this to the Texans, um, you know, 28, 24, 31, 24, something like that. Um, which would be I I don't even know if I want to be in the city in the streets of Houston 
um after this weekend when that when that happens like that could be <laughs> that could be nuts it almost it won't be philly-esque i won't i won't compare them to philly fans but i i mean this is a city that's been in a drought obviously and even the last time they were in the playoffs you know chiefs text not chiefs we had chiefs texans you blow a massive lead so it's like you know this fan base kind of deserves something and i think this has been a great and special year for shroud and D'Amico ryan's and just changing that culture in the texans locker room so why not afc championship texans but yeah yeah say what do you yeah go ahead sorry I'm gonna be a Baltimore. I think, Smart I think Baltimore like, was four that last week. I know they lost to Pittsburgh, but none of their starters played. So yeah, yeah, the way that they beat down on Miami, which I mean now we know that Miami is basically Dallas two point But I was like, man, they handled Miami. And that game was just – it was really fun to watch. And watching Lamar for these last couple weeks, he's just been, like, chilling. And you watch how fast he is comparatively to some of these other quarterbacks. Like, the way he moves around the pocket has just been very impressive. So I, I do think that it's, it is – I do think it's going to be an offensive game. Um, but I have the Ravens taking it over Houston. I don't think Houston's quite ready. Um, to handle a team like Baltimore, kind of that hard nose. I think one thing that they didn't have all those years ago was a defensive leader, and I think that's Smith. So I do think that they handle handle Houston probably like thirty one to twenty four. Bless you, Trey. Thank you. So the next game, I'm not gonna lie. Honestly, I don't really want to talk about it too much from me or Trey's perspective. I just kind of want to hear Zay's perspective. Uh, so. I'm going to go pick, and then Trey will go pick, and then I just kind of want to hear Zay talk about it. Uh, But for storyline purposes, I really want the Packers to win this game. I just don't think they will. So, Trey, what do you think? Just, yeah, to keep it concise – 31 17 Niners. Um, I think Jordan Levin, you know, they still they show out like and they come and prove why they made it here. Um, but yeah, that the Niners, if are not if not a juggernaut, are damn close when they're on their A game. So, but yeah, Zay, give us give us perspective what you're looking at it from, say, from both a fan perspective and even just from like uh, an objective perspective, how you see this game playing out. Um, I am very interested to see how this game plays out. The Packers don't really have a great record against San Francisco in the playoffs. I know the, the last two times that we played them in the playoffs, one year we got beat by 20. There's another year where we were the one seed and we lost 13 to 10. Um, so I think it's kind of interesting. I actually think that Green Bay has a good opportunity to win the game. They're coming off of a huge win, probably the biggest one of the season. Even like, I know it's a playoff game, but like, even when you compare it to all of their other games this season, the defense has never played better. The offense has never played better. So I think right now, Jordan Love looks really comfortable and there's still no pressure. Like there's probably less pressure in this game than there was last week's game. Cause I mean, it's San Francisco. They've had a great year. Yeah. They've got a stacked defense. They've got a stacked offense. So, I think they have a great opportunity to win the game, and I am going to take Green Bay in the surprise. 
And I think it's going to be 38 to 35. And I think that Ooh. last people like ends in the game. Barn burning. No, that's no, that's fire. Like, yeah, man. And I'm, hey, hey, remember, I I picked the Packers last week. I was the only one, so yeah, that's true. I mean, and and I mean, to Zay's point, they're playing with house money. Like, you're not. There's really no pressure. And you know, for athletes out there who know, and I mean, and it depends on you know what level that you played at. But like, well, not even like there when you can get comfortable in a game and when you can yeah. play loose and free that that's a different feeling than if you're tense and thinking about every step, every movement, every play, um, and just fixating. That can be a tough way to play. So yeah, when they're just, it's literally like, yo guys, we get another week of football. <laughs> we get another week of football. Let's just go out and play. Um, so yeah, no, that's, that's a good pick. That's, I like that pick. I like that pick. I'll make sure to let my dad know since Zay, since he's a, he's a Niners guy, you know, so. I'll, uh, I'll let him know you said hello. Hey, ultimate battle, man. Um, so I guess with the next game, I guess depending on how you look at the 49ers-Packers game, the Lions and Bucks game would kind of be considered the same a lot. Like, 49ers were a heavy favorite. Lions are a heavy favorite. And just honestly, like, from my point of view, I'll keep it short and simple from this standpoint. The Lions are going to win this game. If they don't, it will be a complete. It'll be like one of the like most upset games in my opinion in playoff history. Yeah. So I think the Lions are going to take this. They're at home. Their fans are going to go crazy. Um, I'm not going to go too much into the details on it, but yeah, I'm going Lions over Bucks for sure. Yeah. I agree yeah. completely. Lions. Sorry. Sorry, I didn't mean to get you. Um, no, 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 no. Okay. The the home game. I don't like Tampa Bay in that spot. I do think that the one thing that could beat Detroit, my fear for them, is Dan Campbell kind of being the knee biter that he is. Like he can, I think he's gonna. The thing that will kill them this year is his aggressiveness and willingness to be like, let's see, you know, like the man-to-man matchup sometimes just isn't the smartest move, and I think he chooses that far too often. See, so I mean, I'm gonna go ahead and. Across the board, be yeah. I it's Detroit. Um, personally, I like that. I like that in a coach. Um, now, obviously, that can bite you in the ass. You know, a lot of times. Um, I mean, we saw it at the, the Dallas game. You know, for better or for worse, whatever you want to call it, with the refs and all that stuff. For better, still going for it again was a bit ballsy. Um, but you know, I like it. You, know, you take it, you win, and you lose. Um, but. Tampa Bay is also playing with house money. They weren't supposed to be here by any stretch. I mean, I, the Eagles, I, I, and not to disrespect them, they won that game just as much as the Eagles lost that game. Yeah. You know, um, they went out and handled business. So they're playing with house money too. Um, it's going to be a fun week of prep for them because they weren't supposed to be here. Um, but yeah, I, I give it to Detroit 28-10. I think, I think they'll really tighten up after a close one last week so we'll uh we'll go with the creme deli creme for the last game it's the game that i think that everybody looks forward to the most every year for the past what three years yep um i'll let you one of you guys kick us off whoever wants to go first but we got bills chiefs at buffalo for once in the playoffs i'm gonna take buffalo I like Buffalo. I was just looking at all the stats earlier. 
And I think that when you look at the two schedules, I think Kansas City, like what I see in Kansas City is a team that really hasn't found its identity. And I see wide receivers who don't know how to hold on. And that is just so up in the air. Whereas I think Buffalo's issues haven't been as up in the air. And I also think that some of their losses have been very, very explainable. I think they, when they lost to Jacksonville, it was Jacksonville was on their heater and they played them in England. And then they came back and they lost a couple weeks later and they lost to Buffalo with, with Joe Burrow. So I just think when you look at some of Buffalo's losses, they've been a little more like, I can accept that as a loss. And that's why I think, I think Buffalo will take it 32-27 over Kansas City. I do think Kansas City plays well, but I think they come up short. And I think that kind of explains Kansas City as like this season. They've just, they've come up short in their, in their losses. What you got, Trey? So, uh-oh. I wrote down oh, on my yeah. page. Can you hear me? Okay. Okay, okay. Yeah, we got you. So, I wrote down here, 21-17. 21-17, without a name. Like, not knowing who it is, because... It's so hard for me to pick against Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. Um, and like I, my instincts are telling me not to, or uh, my mind is telling me not to, my heart is telling me not to. But at the same time, my instincts are telling me that the Bills are just on fire right now. Like they've just, they've hit a stride. Josh Allen has seemed to turn a corner um, compared to how he was at the beginning of the season and the middle part of the season. Um, and that they they just got it to get to the AFC Championship again this year. Um, now at that point, if they lose, then I'm I'm out on the, the Josh Allen train. But for this week, I think I'm gonna pick the Bills to beat the Chiefs 21-17. Um, and I mean, fortunately for the Chiefs, Arrowhead often can be. I'm, guessing somewhere in the ballpark of just as cold as Buffalo, even though I know Buffalo really gets it. Um, but yeah, I think, I think the bills just take that home field advantage on top of riding hot lately. Like they just don't seem like anything will stop them as long as Josh Allen is taking care of the ball and making smart decisions. So bills 21, 17, seeing the Texans in the AFC championship. Yeah, so I'm going to – I've been debating this one all day because your smart money says take the Chiefs. My heart says take the Bills. I'm going to go with the Bills. Just – if you go just straight quarterback versus quarterback, I'm going to take the Chiefs all day just because it's Patrick Mahomes. Why would you not? Yeah, but just the way that the rest of the team is performing, it, it's weird because I think Josh Allen is going to have a couple big turnovers in this game, and Patrick Mahomes won't. But I think Patrick Mahomes' playmakers are going to make some mistakes that Josh Allen's won't, and those are going to make up for the turnovers that Josh Allen makes. Essentially, just like last week when you look at it, or the week before, whatever it was, when He's going to make a couple picks. He might fumble the ball. He's going to do something stupid. But it's because he's aggressive. Yeah. 
Like he's trying, he's trying to, he, he's out there, he's trying to make plays. And Patrick Mahomes is the same way, but I think that Josh Allen's support system is better than what the Chiefs have. So cold isn't going to be a factor, I think, for either team. They both do, they both play in the same exact kind of climate. So I'm going to take Buffalo, and I'm super excited about it because you need a little competition in this rivalry that Allen and Mahomes have. I mean, if you look at it with Brady and Manning, it was Brady obviously won out, but Manning had those years where, like, oh shit, you guys beat Brady. Like, now you're going probably to the Super Bowl. So I think this is that year kind of in the middle of Mahomes' career where he's going to take the L before he gets to the AFC Championship game, finally breaking that five year streak, six year streak, whatever it is. So I'm going to kind of go there and I'm honestly, I'm excited about that. It's going to be exciting to see Josh Allen or no, it's going to be exciting to see Josh Allen in the AFC championship game without Patrick Mahomes, because I feel like everybody's going to feel like Josh Allen has the upper hand and I don't know how everybody else feels about him, but I love Josh Allen. He's just a down to earth. Like he, he's great. But also if he plays against CJ Stroud, I'm a Stroud boy, so that's going to put me in a little tough spot. So we'll kind of, I just we'll, we'll uh, see what happens with that. But I mean, obviously, if the Ravens beat the Texans, it's obviously go Buffalo or Chiefs all day. Whoever beats the Ravens, <laughs> touche, touche. But, um, and I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you close out. Um, no, I just want to add to your point of Allen's support supporting cast um, and his guys making plays on the other side of the ball the Bills defense makes plays like those guys force turnovers. Like, you know, they, they it aren't like their takeaways aren't like actual, like giveaways, they're takeaways, you know, like they're going after the ball, punching, punching balls. And with a receiving core that is in shambles right now um, and possibly having to lean heavy on Pacheco, like I think, I think the Bills, we'll see the Bills force at least two turnovers um in this game i think they're gonna get after it um because again yeah they were like you know seven weeks ago eight weeks ago not supposed to be here nine weeks ago like so they've really turned the ship around and i think those guys are playing with a serious fire so what that bill's defense is going to be the difference you got any last comments there no, I agree. The running game is probably one of the more interesting parts of the game. I'm interested to see which team can come out and use that to their advantage. So far, I would say it's been Buffalo. But Kansas City with a good running game looked like that was the first year they won the Super Bowl was when Damian Williams like in the postseason and they were just cooking people through the air. And under, so. All right, man. Well, you guys got our picks. You got our takes on the coaches. I hope all you guys have a great night. Everybody stay beautiful, and we'll talk to you soon from Sporting the Way.